The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Indeed, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you already know you're in the right place, and I promise we'll make it true again and again every time. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, and we are live. It's Wednesday, August 10th. Where is the year going, not to mention the summer? Well, the word on the street today, the buzz, is the lyrics from The Gambler, Kenny Rogers, 1978. I'll just hum a few bars. I won't sing, I promise. I think I did that, key of C. So let's talk about about it. Business ownership can be like a Coney Island roller coaster, according to one of our guests, Nina L. Kaufman, Esquire. She says, one moment you're on that exhilarating ride up, holding on tight, waiting for the excitement, and the next, whoa, all the way down, hopefully not too far. It's frightening, and it's a plummet. Well, let's talk about business. Thousands of business guidebooks are out there. You know the self-help. You go to the bookstore. You go to Amazon, and they're available, and they have great advice, but there's one thing. They are are not you. They have not walked in your shoes, the authors, the case studies. They don't have your mix of talents and opportunities and headaches and peculiarities and personas and all that good stuff and obstacles. They are not you. So getting back to my opening with Kenny Rogers and the Gambler, here are the lyrics. How will you know when to hold him and when to fold him, when to walk away and when to run and when to stay? Let's get back to that hold'em. If you don't know what's normal in the business world and you don't know how to solve the unique challenges of running your own business, how will you know? So we are now at part four of a sub-mini-series. I'll call it a micro-mini-series called Legal Lessons for Women Business Owners. The same three guests are back because they're just so smart and so giving of their time and their knowledge. It's Nina L. Kaufman, Esquire, Nancy L. Schick, Esquire, and Renee L. Duff, Esquire. We have a predominance of Middle initial L's. They're all in New York City, and that must be why they know each other, and they're such good friends. So we're going to talk about, again, tips, legal advice, walk-arounds, run-arounds for women business owners. But as we always say on this topic, it's for men, too. Come on. This is not gender-specific. We're just focusing on women, but it's for everybody. So we're calling this part four don't make a federal case out of it. Aha. Uh-huh. Think about the court system. Think about litigation. That's where we want to keep you out of. So now that I've sort of introduced the panel, let me get started with their opening quotes. We've got a couple of really good ones today. Nina L. Kaufman Esquire is an SBA Women in Business Champion, and she is the legal expert at entrepreneur.com. Go check it out and see what she says. Forbes magazine calls her 
quote one of the 25 most influential women tweeting about entrepreneurship, and that's why we love Nina. And she has sent me a quote from Ron White, the comedian. First time, Ron, welcome to Game Changers, even though you're not really here. Ron D, D-E-E, Ron White, Ronald White, was born in 1956. He's an American stand-up comedian and actor, and he's best known as a charter member of the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. He's actually nicknamed Tater Salad, and he's the author of the book, I Had the Right to Remain Silent, talking about going to court, but I didn't have the ability, which dates all the way back to, I don't know what year, 2006. Uh, It appears on the New York Times bestseller list, but if you're wondering, what's that Blue Collar Comedy Tour? He toured with Jeff Foxworthy, Bill Engvalli and Larry the Cable Guy. One of those names must resonate with you. The show was a sellout in 90 cities across the U.S., and it grossed a mere $15 million. And one more thing, Ron White is known for drinking scotch as part of his act, as well as smoking cigars. He has a You Can't Fix Stupid show. Somebody asked what I was drinking. If the company that made the stuff I was drinking was paying me, I'd have it in their bottle instead of my own. That's what he says. So here is the quote, amazingly, that Nina Kaufman has picked from Ron White. I believe that if life gives you lemons, you should make lemonade and try to find somebody whose life is giving them vodka and have a party. <laughs> Nina, <laughs> how could you? How could you? Nina Kaufman, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, I love the quote. Nothing wrong with starting out with a smile. I mentioned Kenny Rogers, the gambler, and here we are with Ron White. He is a crazy guy. So tell me, we are talking business. We're talking legal lessons. Why don't you take this vodka and lemonade and turn it into a, a business lesson right now? Why did you pick this quote, Nina? Ab- absolutely, because the, the whole life of entrepreneurship is all of a sudden having lemonade. So you put you put together the best business plans and the marketing plans and you hire the people and nothing quite works out exactly the way you think it's going to. So when you can find the funny in it and you find the lessons um, and you find someone who may be going through some of the same things, you make a party and you may find, hey, there's a great strategic partner there. There's someone who can be part of your support network. That's how great businesses are built. Wow, wow, wow. And of course, it doesn't hurt to have a, a happy hour at the end of the hard it work week, does, does it? It certainly does not. <laughs> it certainly does. And are you a big fan of Ron White's, or did you just happen to find the quote? Oh, no, I, I love it. You were mentioning tater salad, and I'm snickering yeah. in the back here because I, I know the routine, and it, he is funny. He is funny. Maybe not politically correct, but funny. <laughs> and I might add the comment, and who is today politically correct? <laughs> oh, dear, don't go there, Bonnie. Thank you, Nina. Great introduction. And now let's bring on your, I won't say your partner in crime because we're talking about legal here, but one of your, your friends and colleagues, it's Nancy L. Schick, Esquire. She is an attorney. By the way, she spells Nancy, N-A-N-C-E. An attorney, arbitrator, mediator, big popular word today, mediator, mediator mediation, conflict resolution coach, all also based in New York. She's the founder of the law studio of Nancy L. Schick, S-C-H-I-C-K, where she and her team of employees, vendors, and strategic partners create resolution using a holistic, integrative approach. And Nancy has sent a quote from Les Brown, also still living, born in 1945, so he's a little older than at least me. He's an American motivational speaker, an author, a radio DJ, a former TV host, and a former politician. He actually is a, was a member of the 
the Ohio House of Representatives. And as a motivational speaker, he uses the catchphrase, it's possible, and teaches people how to follow their dreams. Let me just read a tiny bit of background here, Nancy. It's very, very interesting. He was born with his twin brother, Wesley, in an abandoned building in a low-income section of Miami, Florida. He was given up for adoption and adopted by Mamie Brown, a 38-year-old single woman who worked as a cafeteria attendant and domestic assistant. He was declared educable, mentally retarded in grade school. He still learned to reach his potential with the encouragement of his mother and a helpful teacher in high school, and he now gives motivational speeches. OMG, what an interesting guy. Uh, He collaborated with John C. Maxwell and the Maxwell team for a candid look into the lives of professional speakers, duh, called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. That's probably very appropriate. Here is the quote Nancy has selected from Les Brown. It's L.E.S. Brown. Accept responsibility for your life. Know that it is you who will get you where you want to go, no one else. Nancy Schick, welcome back. How are you, Nancy? I'm great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me back. We are delighted. Interesting quote from Les Brad. Did you know about his background, Nancy? I did not know all of it. And um, I actually did research him a little bit, knowing you were going to tell me a few things about him. <laughs> and, uh, and I also know that someone on this call has worked with Les a little bit. And so I'm a fan. Ah, interesting. So talk to me. Accept responsibility for your life. He did. He also had mentors along the way. He had people who cared. He had people who helped him find who he was and reach his potential, the adoptive mom, the high school teacher. So he was not alone in this journey. Is there a message there for business owners and entrepreneurs, Nancy? Absolutely. There, you know, there's something that I think we may have even talked about on, on our prior, our prior episodes about not doing it alone and how, you know, one of the things that we all do is we bring, we bring all of our issues to our business, right? So it's, it's actually great to have people that have expertise that we don't, but it's also great to have people that have slightly different personalities that can work us through some of the difficult things personally because it's all going to show up in your business and that's why it's a roller coaster. It sure is. We're tying up a lot of threads here. We've got the roller coaster. We've got the gambler. We've got a little bit of lemonade with a side of you-know-what from Ron White. And we have Les Brown, who overcame so much. Interesting, Nancy, that he became a motivational speaker as well as a legislator. Who would have thought that he could have lifted himself up after so much adversity? And when I read that he was considered educable, mentally retarded... That is yeah. such a label, such a damning label. Maybe there, maybe he was dyslexic. Maybe he had a, a visual problem. Uh, maybe he had a reading challenge. But this, back in the day, my goodness, he was born in '45, so we can imagine what it was like in a very poor neighborhood of Miami when somebody put him in school and said, "What the heck are you going to do with this boy?" Right? And here yeah. we are. I, these just the background of some of these people is as motivational as their messages. Thank you so much, Nancy. Who was it? Now, who's going to confess? Who worked with Les Brown? It, was it Nina or Renee? Yeah, I, I did. Okay, okay, very interesting. Maybe you'll tell us some stories. And let's welcome our third panelist today, Renee L. Duff Esquire. She has a private practice, Renee L. Duff PC, that caters to small businesses, entrepreneurs, that's why she's here, and other creative individuals with intellectual property assets as the main focus of their business. Renee has been an IP intellectual property attorney for 17 years and involved in the business side of IP for over 25 years. And she has brought us a quote from another motivator 
motivator. Well, Ron White is a motivator of sorts. Les Brown goes on record as saying he is. And now we have Wayne Dyer, D-Y-E-R. He just passed away last year. I didn't realize that. He was born in 1940, lived to August 29th. It's almost one year to the anniversary of his death, August 29, 2015. An American philosopher, self-help self self-help tongue twist and a motivational speaker his first book your erroneous zones of course as a play on words in 1976 was one of the best-selling books of all time it sold 35 million copies to date he came from detroit he was a high school guidance counselor here we go again and he was a professor of counselor education right here in new york at st john's i don't know if you knew that renee you probably did he published in journals and he started a private therapy practice why not everyone does. He lectured at St. John's and a literary agent pursued him to document his theories, hence the book, Your Erroneous Zones. I'll stop right there. Now, and he has other books, The Sky's the Limit, Excuses Be Gone, Wishes Fulfilled, and many, many TV appearances. And they animated, based on his lectures, Pixar animated the short film Day and Night, which won the Best Film Short Film Award at the 38th Annie Awards, whatever that is. Here's the quote from Wayne Dyer. Conflict cannot survive without your participation. Amen. Welcome back, Renee. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Bonnie, for having me back. Delighted. Talk to me about Wayne Dyer. Have you ever worked with him or met him or or read his books? I've read many of his books. He was actually probably the first, either him or Deepak Chopra were one of the first, you know, personal development people that I was exposed to and, um, you know, set me on the path of, you know, of really uh, trying to live what they were teaching about, you know, very similar to what the Les Brown quote talks about, that you take responsibility for your life and, um, you know, you're the only one. So, and the whole idea of conflict, um, you know, it really, I picked this quote specifically because of the topic we were talking about today. So I found it interesting and it's true because if you want to make a big deal of something, then, you know, you, you can, but you also have the other choice not to, so... Now, tell me, does this go back to the old adage or the old saw, as some of us old-timers say, pick your battles? Is that what we're talking about here? (laughs) I'd say that to my clients on a regular basis, (laughs) that you really need to pick and choose your battles. And do people realize the gravity of that statement, Renee, especially in business? You know, well, I spent all these years and all these nights awake getting the seed money and the idea, and I copyrighted this, and that's for you for IP, and I trademarked that, and so-and-so's trying to steal my the right corner edge of the blue dot on my logo, and Bob is trying to say that he came up with this, this catchphrase before I did 20 years ago, and I'm going to take them to court. Is that what we're trying to get people out of that, uh, I'll call it almost... Um, litigation hysteria? Yes, that is definitely, um, and I'm sure Nancy has more to say about that, but, um, you know, there are other and better ways to deal with conflict than, you know, running to court and and trying to to make a big, you know, a big to-do out of things. And sometimes, you know, it really is, you you know, the, the cost benefit and the time benefit and the stress on your business benefit, you know, while you may be right and you may, you know, mm-hmm. somebody has done something, you really have to weigh a lot of other things, um, you know, in the big picture of, you know, well, if, if I win this lawsuit, but I've spent all of my money, time and effort, and then now I really don't have a business left anymore, well, you know, was it worth the, uh, you know, worth the cost in the end? Yep, 
the cost of doing business. There we go. Thank you, Renee. Very good quote and, and wonderful to have you back. Now I'm going to give you all a chance to tell our listeners, in case they don't know you or in case they're now following you in the right way, what you're drinking today and what you love to drink. If it's not something in your cup right now, what are you planning to drink later? So, Nina, I don't have any of the previous drink notes. Let's start from scratch. Nina L. Kaufman Esquire, you're in New York. Somewhere it's gloomy. It looks like it's about to rain. What brings you... What gets your spirits up at the start of the workday? Uh, let's start with that, Nina. Well, right now I am drinking, as I did last week, uh, my Navajo Yanabati, which is made from the green thread plant, which grows wild on the Navajo Reservation, uh, part of the sunflower family. It's very calming, and one of the reasons I love it is it keeps reminding me of the vacation that I took recently, so I stay a little chill. When and I don't make a federal case out of what's going on in my place. <laughs> and I have to do a thank you to Nina for always writing such compelling abstracts and, and topic headers for these shows. Really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. we won't make it federal. Well, thank you. Nancy L. Schick, what are you drinking? What gets you alive in the day from your business standpoint? You've got a, a probably a very heavy caseload and a very heavy uh, business to run and a lot of people counting on you. Nancy, what gets you going in terms of your drink at the beginning of the day? Well, this morning I am having Midtown Express coffee from a, a little local coffee shop that's right here in my neighborhood called Ground Central because I'm near Grand Central. And that seems to be doing the trick today. And what's special about that drink? Well, it's, it's really just a basic coffee with a, a delicious coffee, right, that I grind up the beans here at home and... Uh, and put my almond milk in it, and today I'm doing it iced because, boy, is it humid here in New York. And I, I think I mentioned in my tweet I, I, I had to go to court this morning out in Queens, and so I rushed back and, and literally just got in the door before I got on with you guys. So. Well, we are very glad you got back in time. Uh, I won't even ask you how traffic is. I know what it's been like here on Long Island, but glad you got back before the rain. Glad you're drinking something energizing. Renee L. Duff, what's in your cup today? So today I'm a little boring because I have just filtered water, but I did find these very cool, and it coordinates perfectly with Nina's uh, quote, they're <laughs> pink lemons. So I have a slice of pink lemon, and it's it's interesting because it is pink on the inside, and um, it's a little bit less uh, tart than a normal lemon, so it's making me happy right now. Pink lemons. Let me look that up real fast. Pink lemons. I know. I found it was a fresh direct find. (laughs) Okay. It's called the variegated pink lemon, also called the variegated eureka lemon, or the pink-fleshed eureka lemon is a cultivar of lemon with unique pink flesh and variegated foliage. foliage. And let's see. um, It's uh, lemon, uh, blah, 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 discovered as a sport on an ordinary eureka lemon tree in Burbank, California in 1930. How's that for pink lemon history? Yes? (laughs) Yes? <laughs> That's great. Where's the vodka? <laughs> Let's find out what That's vodka was in. You yeah, have vodka. We got lemonade. Now we need to have the vodka and a salute to Ron White. Listen, we are having a good time here. Probably good enough and maybe too good. We are talking about a very serious topic. Legal lessons for women business owners, entrepreneurs, what, whatever you call yourself, business owners, entrepreneurs. This is part four of a little micro mini series we started 
I think it was earlier this year with Nina L. Kaufman Esquire, Nancy L. Schick Esquire, and Renee L. Duff Esquire. I have to change my middle initial to L if I want to talk to you ladies. We're talking about don't make a federal case out of it. How do you know what to do in your own business? You're unique. All the books are great, yada, yada, but they're not about you. You need to deal with who you are, what your business goals are, what your personality is, what kind of clients you're looking for, and when to hold them and when to fold them. We won't even walk away or run. We're just going to take a quick break for about 65 seconds. So don't even think of touching. I like that segue. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Take a break that refreshes and we'll be right back. Michael, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Very interesting. Talking about tweeting, we have Karen Geraldo, one of our favorite, most loyal listeners. Karen is listening from somewhere in Canada. She's online at hashtag SAP Radio. We were talking about know when to hold them and fold them and uh, don't make a federal case out of it. And what, Renee, you and I were talking about, um, yes, is it uh, pick your battles? That's what I'm trying to say. And she quoted, she wrote, as, mo- as a mom, she learned, quote, is it world peace or burnt toast? <laughs> <laughs> Karen, that was a beauty. Thank you very, very much for sharing that. We appreciate it. And please keep listening and tweeting. She's uh, tweeting your quotes, ladies, and everything you said, and I've retweeted that. Very, very good one. So let's get back to our topic. We're going to do it a little differently today. I have some great headliners on our topic of legal lessons for women and other business owners, entrepreneurs, startups. Uh, if you have a gleam in your eye about a business, you might want to take the advice of these three very smart ladies, all with legal backgrounds. But we're going to have a, a topic from each with a uh, building it out, and then we're, I'm going to have the other panelists chime in with some remarks quickly, and we're going to cover a lot of these headliners or one-liners that are good business advice. So let me scroll down here to Nina's notes. Nina, we're going to start. This is part four of this micro-mini-series. Entrepreneurship is experimentation, not perfection. You won't get it right the first time. You will make mistakes. The first place not to make a federal case is in your own head. Wow. Nina Kaufman, why don't you tell us more? Absolutely. Well, I, I, you know, something that uh, actually I heard the, someone on your last show, not the, or the show just before you mentioned, that you don't learn how to ride a bike at a seminar. 
title of the book. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. Yes. And that's, you know, part of it, this, it's a learning process. You don't go in with everything perfectly mapped out, says the, the attorney who's a perfectionist. <laughs> so do as I say, not as I do. That a lot of it is just getting in there and, and seeing. You're, you're really more the scientist, seeing how things are going to work out. So there's a degree of mental toughness and resilience that you need to cultivate as a business owner, um, realizing that most mistakes can be corrected or they're going to put you on a path to a better pivot. Um, but going back to something Renee mentioned earlier, that sense of it, it's got to be right or, or I was done wrong. Um, you know, I have clients who, who do have that litigation hysteria, and I give them this wonderful quote by Ambrose Bierce who defined litigation as a process by which one goes in a pig and comes out a sausage. <laughs> so you really want to think about things in the overall context. Um, and I had a client recently who ran into a, a trademark issue and called me up absolutely hysterical, having a meltdown. Uh, what was really concerned, this is going to be a problem, she's about to launch, blah, blah, blah. No, of course she didn't do this, the right searches. But when we took a step back and said, hey, where does this fit within the context of your overall business? Is it really really such a big deal and what's the likelihood that this is going to come back to bite you she was able to calm down take the right steps move forward and have conversations with the people she needed to speak to to clear the path for that to move forward interesting would you say when you're assembling a team of advisors and mentors Nina that you need a good therapist or at least a good relaxation coach on your team in order to get through moments like that well, I, you know, sometimes more holistic practitioners, I know I've done this with my clients, uh, some of it is you're, you're talking them off the ledge um, because there is so much about entrepreneurship that, yes, there are legal issues, but you're also dealing with real people and understanding mm-hmm. how the emotions get in the way of their being their best business leadership self. And Thank that's you. an important part of advising as well. Yeah, and every, I was thinking good relaxation exercises would help too. Nancy Elshek, love to get a one-minute response from you. Agree or disagree, and what would you like to add? I love the, the part about not making the federal case in your head. Um, I think you all all know that this is one of my areas of, of that I focus a lot on is the emotional component to litigation and to legal issues. So that is one of the first things that I try to do is get behind the issue so that we can talk about what's really going on. It's not always just about money. It's not always about attachment to the trademark. It's all the fears that go around. And we talk through the fears, and that just opens up the opportunity for resolution without court. Without court, yes. Okay, and let's go to Renee Duff. Renee L. Duff, what do you think? Oh, I agree with all those. And it's funny because the term counselor, you know, refers to a lawyer. And a lot of times that role is the one that is the most important. And it's not just counsel on the law. As Nina was saying, uh, you know, it is. It's walking people off that ledge of, you know, they feel so... um, A lot of it is the uneducation or not being educated in the, the right or all of the consequences and how this can affect them, but um, it's really taking the time to explain things and and try to help people understand back to the pick and choose your battles because you can't you can't win them all and you can't take them all on. Otherwise, that's all you'll be doing. 
Thank you very much. Very good point. It sounds like a, a little spark. You don't want it to turn into a bonfire. Interesting point. Nina, you want to quickly wrap that one up? Any comments on Nancy and Renee's additions? Uh, no, no I'm, I, I absolutely agree. I think um, the, the, per, there's the person who was tweeting earlier, you know, do you want world peace or burnt toast? It really comes down to a matter of perspective and, uh, and where do you want to place your, your time, your financial, and your emotional resources when it comes to uh, resolving a dispute. And, and usually it's you want to get past it. You don't want to be battling it out for years and years. Thank you, ladies. And let's move on to a topic from Nancy Elshick, and I think it's a perfect segue. Nancy, we're talking about should you make a federal case? Well, the, the core of this, I think, is that you want to be heard. And, and I'm looking at your notes, and you say, if you're looking to the courts to feel heard right now, you are going to be disappointed. And Nancy adds, in the New York City courts alone last year in 2015, there were nearly 70,000 new civil case filings and fewer than 20,000 judgments were entered and 50,000 cases were abandoned. A lot of numbers here. Nancy, why don't you translate for us? What does this all mean about being heard? Well, I think the number one thing that I, I tried to get at using the statistics, which can be looked at in a variety of ways, it's, it really does, no matter how you look at it, though, communicate that this is not something new that just happened last year. It's, that's a backlog on top of another backlog on top of another backlog on top of another backlog from prior years. So if you can work things out on your own, one, you're going to get a quicker result. Two, you're going to get something that's more customized to you. And three, you're going to get that sensation of, of being empowered because you actually did it yourself, right? And, and it's, if you go to court, you're basically surrendering to whatever the judge or the jury or whatever the arbit, you know, arbitrator, if you're, if you're doing it in certain forums where it's been directed mandatory arbitration or mandatory uh, uh, conference, right, to, to do a settlement conference, and you're deferring to whatever they tell you you get, isn't it better to create your own resolution? Absolutely. If you know what you're doing and you have the right people advising you, I think the answer we all know is yes. Nancy, thank you. Renee L. Duff, thoughts on this topic, please. Um, I love the idea of creating your own resolution. And, you know, that is, it's very interesting. I have a couple of, of um, thoughts here in that, Literally, for the first time in um, a listing of the an annual economic survey on costs for intellectual property litigation, for the first time in 2015, there's actually a column for mediation. So people are finally seeing that, and, and that, that number, while still high, is, it's a number that it's very, it's very heartening for me to see that people are considering mediation for these things, because especially with intellectual property, one of the things that, you know, really people need to realize is that, you know, you as the owner have the right to, to allow people to use things or not to allow people to use things. So you get to make that decision, and then you get to figure out how and what makes the most sense, bringing it all back into this, you know, why are you doing what you're doing and how is it, you know, is it good for your business, is it bad for your business, is it just an ego sort of, I, I can't let this happen situation. So it's it's great to, you know, I to see that the resolutions are are happening in more um, comfortable ways for business to not just be told this is this is how it ends how it ends. 
Thank you, Renee. Nina, love to get your, uh, I don't know whether it's two cents or $10 worth today. I don't know what the value of advice is today, but it's golden from the three of you. So what do you think about what Nancy just brought up and Renee added? Well, I, I think it's $400 an hour, so we'll start with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me on that one. I, 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 duh. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate what Nancy said about being heard, and I think that's an important part of any dispute, you know, and, and personal as well as in business, that if we make a mistake, you know, lawyers, they like to phrase it in the passive, you know, mistakes were made as if somehow there's some mythical ghost somehow made a mistake. It wasn't us because they're so afraid of, of admitting fault and liability because, wow, then you're going to go right to court. But very often it's when people need to hear that apology. They need to hear, wow, I'm your boss and I said something or I did something that was really boneheaded because I had 12 other things going on. I'm really sorry. Or to, to make something right with a customer. When, when you take the moment to go, be direct, don't be an ostrich, don't wait for it to blow up in your face, and you give the other person an opportunity to be heard, it, it really goes a long way to repairing the relationship. You know, there's a beautiful analogy of um, a, a way of repairing, an ancient way of repairing Japanese pottery called kintsugi, where instead of disguising the fact that it's broken, what you do is you, you fill the seams with a, a lacquer and a powder mixed with gold and silver and platinum. Mm-hmm. So you're honoring the fact that there was a break, but you've repaired it, and the vessel now becomes even more valuable as a result of the repair. Fascinating. Fascinating, and not what we would normally think of that. Nancy, Nancy Schick, you want to wrap this one up? I love where this conversation is going. What do you think? I, I love what Nina just just brought forward again because I had forgotten about that particular type of artwork, <laughs> right? And, um, and 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 I think that's really what I look for is how can we take this difficult situation and create something possibly even better? Because we we have this idea that you know the relationships are now broken and you're dead to me, and that's not true, right? Unless somebody actually did die, they're still in. They're still in the world. You're still going to have to probably run into them at some point. Let's repair the relationship in some form and not take it into court. Thank you. And by the way, Nina, I looked it up. I think I remember what you said. It's Kintsugi, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I. If you put it in and find Wikipedia, it, the, it's the Japanese word for golden joinery. Interestingly enough, defined as to repair with gold, the Japanese art, as you said, of repairing broken pottery with lacquer, dusted, or mixed with powdered gold, silver, platinum. And what I love is it's rather than something to disguise, as you said, it works with it. Um, yes, I thought of another analogy, but it escapes me right now, so we're going to move on and let's see what we've got here. Renee, I'm up to your discussion statements you sent and I have another really good one here for a new topic. You say, don't put the cart before the horse, aka understand your brand and your products before you try to protect them. Renee, you want to tell us what this is all about? Sure. Um, This goes, you know, to all of the, the topic we've been discussing here that a lot of times people lose sight of the big picture of what they are actually offering to the world and and what really needs to be protected and what can be, you know, sort of relegated to the back or uh, even Nina was giving an example of a client realizing, well, maybe it's not such an important product for me and it's not, you know, and it's not something that I need to make such a big deal out of. 
um, what happens is, you know, a lot of intellectual property, so take a copyright, for example, that will attach as soon as you create whatever it is you create. So if you photograph it, if you paint it, if you write it, your copyright attaches as soon as you've created it and fixed it into a tangible medium is the legal term for that. So um, you don't need to go and register it. You don't need to, you know, spend a lot of time and effort worrying about that per se. Yes, copyright registration gives you a whole bunch of, of different um, options down the line, and it is needed in order to get into federal court, so that is your, your ticket, but it's, it's not something that you have to make yourself crazy over um, at the outset. And the same with trademarks. Trademarks are based on use. So if you're out there doing something and using a mark in commerce, you know, you're gathering what are called the common law rights in it. So you know, it, it, takes, um, it takes time for the, the client. We like to sit down and just look at everything you're doing and say, okay, so let's make a plan for you so that you're not out there saying, oh, I need to protect all of these things. And I love when people come to me with those giant lists of, oh, I need to protect 20 trademarks. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start to tell them the cost, first of all, and then the time and the effort that it takes to do that. And it's not necessarily something you need to do. So it's just, you need to have a plan and, and work with that. Thank you, Renee. And let's go around the table to Nina Kaufman. Nina, thoughts on what Renee just added, please. You know, I feel like such a yes woman because absolutely what Renee says is, is correct. Um, and, and I think some of it is, is a mix of the, what we do as lawyers can be I don't know, a little out there in the ether. It's, it's not really tangible. We're, we're providing more advice and protection, almost like insurance. We're not actually coming up with a, a hard and fast product for clients, so it's, it's hard to understand that process and it can be a little arcane. Um, another thing that I would s- suggest as well is that very often when business owners get started, they don't always have a full sense of, uh, as Renee alluded to, sort of not only the business but the business model and where are their priorities. Because for, for most people, unless somehow you, you've dropped into uh, you know, .com heaven, <laughs> your mm-hmm. funds are not unlimited. So you have to make choices. You have to decide what is absolutely essential now. Uh, and I find that a lot with clients uh, when, they're, when they're coming up with contracts and they want the, you know, the whole kitchen sink, um, you, know, you have to balance. Do you want a 22-page contract with your clients, which could actually scare them off? Or mm-hmm. do you, is it important to make that sort of risk assessment about what are the likely areas where there could be conflict or misunderstanding, and just making sure that those are the ones that you really focus on most. And the rest of it outside of the contract can actually be enhanced by having a way of communicating on a regular basis. Nina, I have a quick question for you before we circle around to Nancy. Question is, do you think that a lot of the the court TV shows, I won't name the ones who are making millions off of being the TV judges, which are basically entertainment shows, maybe with some good legal stuff thrown in on occasion. That's just my editorializing, of course. Uh, Do you think those make people want to be more litigious and want those 22-page contracts? And and also, the idea that we're saying, especially to young people, you can succeed. You can have the business of your dreams. The climate is right, but protect yourself. Do you think there's a sense of, of predicting in their mind 
minds. I'm going to be so great and so successful. I have to protect myself now, even though I have one product or one service and two clients. I have to make sure that nothing comes back to bite me in the future. So a sense of future predict planning to be very successful and wanting to be protected from the get-go. Do you think some of those are influencing why people come and say, ah, I need 22 pages? Um, I, I think it's something a little different, Bonnie. I think it has to do with our tolerance for risk. And you see that in a whole bunch of other areas where uh, government steps in to regulate how large is the soda that you can drink. Or, uh, ah. you know, George Carlin used to have this... <laughs> This routine where, speaking of comedians, um, hey, when we were kids, we used to play in raw sewage, and we were just fine. <laughs> and, and, and nowadays, there, there are so many ways in which you know, our, our children are protected, and we have legislation and regulations and all of these things to protect us from harm and protect us from risk. The fact is, entrepreneurship is risk. So if you don't want any risk... Stay at home and watch television. <laughs> don't, don't do <laughs> and don't get too um, close so, to the screen, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that too. That too. Although, if you don't get up and move around, then you've got a risk of heart disease. So that's a different risk, a risk of a different kind. Uh, so, so I think it really is, is understanding you as a business owner, what is your risk tolerance? Uh, what can you sta- how much stress can you stand? Because if the answer is very, very, very little, then entrepreneurship may not be the right path for you. Very well put. Thank you. I appreciate the answer. Nancy Schick, thoughts on what Renee started with a few minutes ago? Yeah, I actually was thinking about the, uh, the putting the cart before the horse. And, and I think what I run into a lot of times with new business owners is they're focusing on the cart and they don't even have a horse to move it. <laughs> and so what we talk about a lot in um, the, the new venture program with um, with Fast Track, uh, the New York City Business Solutions used to offer this, and we would we would talk about the um, the most viable product or service. Um, so we would call it the MVP, and we tell people like, you really should be looking at that. And once you have something that's generating income, then you can start worrying about protecting all of your intellectual property around it. But until you have something that's actually going to make your business go and generate some sort of revenue you're probably just making donations to the federal government by trying to register all of these things or paying them out to an attorney to to do the trademark searches. Thank you very much. Renee, I'm going to let you wrap this one up because I'm going to move to another topic quickly from Nina. So go ahead, Renee. Anything you want to add, please? I love what Nancy just said, and it is. It's, you know, a lot of times you need to look at what is, is a viable thing. The only caveat there that I would only mention is when you are dealing with a patentable issue, once you make that idea public, um, the time, the clock does start ticking. And so it is important to, you know, if you're dealing with something that is an invention of some sort, then you really do need to look at the legal options available to you right away. But if you're starting a brand and you're doing you know, some type of product that, you know, you're, you're doing your own version of it, but it's not a patentable issue, then yeah, you know, a lot of times people take um, too much um, in, in the beginning before they even have any revenues. So I, I totally agree. And, you know, it's funny. I love the idea of, you know, if you don't like risk, then, you know, an entrepreneur 
you know, entrepreneurial life may not be for you. And that's something that, you know, is, is another conversation that, you know, a lawyer in sort of our positions are, are in a good position to have with people because if, if it is that distressing to someone about the whole risk tolerance and the litigation issues and this and that, then it might be that this is something that you should think about doing something else. Thank you very much. Very well put, Renee. And let me move back to Nina. Let's see if we can slam through a couple more topics here. On the topic, uh, we, we have some emotional issues we've added in terms of the need to feel heard. And is it world peace or, or burnt toast, as Karen Geraldo pointed out earlier? I just love that, Karen. Very, very well put. Uh, I'm looking at one of your, your last point you sent me for today's show, Nina. And you say, ask for help, but clear the cobwebs first. Let me just read a note or here, two here and then have you. You say, your advisor should be friendly, but they're not your therapist. I mentioned that. Or your BFFs, your best friends forever. You don't want to verbally dump a pile of injustices on the table like a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. Take a breath first, collect your thoughts, write down the questions, be calm. How important is it to self-organize before you ask for that advice, before you go to an attorney and say, wait a minute, five people insulted me last week and three are probably trying to encroach on my, encroach on my territory. How important is that and how long should you take before you ask for that help, Nina? Well, I... I, first of all, I, I believe that it is it's very important to to self-regulate per, because first of all, it helps you build the muscle of being able to start to spot some of these issues for yourself and, and start to put them in a sense of priority and start to see whether perhaps you're seeing patterns. Um, and, and when you do see patterns, then yes, that that is something that you definitely want to address. Um, I think it's also important because again, a lot of what's come through in this discussion about the federal case is that. If you go in all, you know, hellfire and brimstone, but haven't really thought through what are the legal elements of a case, you could be squandering a huge amount of time and money, and that's not useful. So I, I think the first thing is, is to really make sure that what you're, you're doing, especially in business, because business is not, uh, for the most part, um, you know, you, you, you hurt me, you insulted me, um, you, you didn't pay my bill, and therefore I'm emotionally distressed. Well, no. <laughs> you can't collect for emotional distress on, on a contract claim. So it's really being able to be as dispassionate as possible, and that is absolutely crucial as a business leader. Not that you don't care, but that you don't let the, the, the fear sway you and, and take you on this sort of emotional swing set. Um, and there too, I mean, think about it. If you walked into your accountant's office and dumped an entire shopping bag full of receipts on her desk and said, okay, help me with my tax returns, don't you think it's going to cost a great deal more than if you uh, show up with, you know, nice and, and neatly printed books from QuickBooks? Absolutely. Absolutely. That self-help notion, that idea that, well, Nina, let, let's talk about the core of being an entrepreneur in business. This is something that... Can you learn it? Is it in your DNA to say, okay, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to think about what's really important. I'm going to set up my priorities. I'm going to understand what is worth fighting 
for and about versus, eh, I can go to the gym and punch it out on a punching bag and uh-huh. say, oh, Bob's an idiot anyway. I don't need to sue him. Um, isn't that something that we should be one of the basic lessons for entrepreneurs, as you say, your tolerance for risk, but also how equipped is your personality to handle these assaults, these insults, the affronts, these threats or potential threats? So is there something that's a core here we're talking about in terms of are you emotionally equipped to be in business? Is that one of the basics, Nina? Uh, it is one of the basics. I think a, a fair amount of it is, is learnable because these are new skill sets. This isn't necessarily the way we're taught in school to to respond. Uh, and and your, your comment about using a punching bag is really important because to the extent that you have other outlets, that you may have a, a mastermind group that you can raise these issues with before you start going crazy and engaging the lawyers and saying, let's bring that lawsuit, Uh, it's helpful also to hear from them. Have they been in a similar situation? How did they handle it? How did... How, how do you see this in the realm of priorities? You know, we started the, the discussion by saying, how do you maintain perspective? How do you know what's normal? And very often, you don't know what's normal until you live through what's normal. And it's just a matter of that experience. So for entrepreneurs starting out, it's new, and that why, that's why it's supremely scary. When you've been in business for a number of years, it's like, oh, yeah, that old thing. I, I know how to handle it now, or I know where to go. Or I know, you know, how to collect my thoughts. These are the things my attorney is going to want to know when I reach out for help. Sounds like you have to be all grown up in order to handle this. Nancy Schick, you deal with this, and you said you deal with counseling and the emotional aspects. What do you think about what Nina just shared? Well, I, I think one of the things that came up for me is remembering that um, someone has said recently, I don't know if it was on a meme on the Internet or what, but it was, uh, you know, like a, a child doesn't, stop walking or trying to walk just because he or she fell down but after the first couple of steps, right? And I think that's, you know, kind of what we're getting at is you're going to make mistakes in business. The good thing is, and we've talked about this on prior episodes also, is that you can, you can put a team of people around you to support you in a variety of ways. And I love what Nina said also about doing your homework first. Um, really, it is, your, your personal issues are going to show up in your business. You're going to take things personally. We all do it. I still do it at times, you know, in litigation. Maybe a judge is mean to me or opposing counsel throws something at me. <laughs> right? And that happens because emotions get, go, they go very high in certain situations, usually because we don't know how it's going to go and we get scared. So one of the things that we can do is a little bit of homework to calm ourselves, to ask the right questions to, from our advisors, and then again put that team around us, and, and it, it requires a lot of trust. Being in, in, being in a, a business requires trust of your, your employees, your vendors, yourself, right? all of it. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, I'm going to turn to Renee, but Renee, because we're almost at the crystal ball predictions round, I want to bring up one more fact-based comment you made in your notes to me. I think this would be interesting. We talked about litigation. We talked about getting organized and putting your personal issues aside and dealing with the real core of your important business issues, the real threats, the real issues, the real challenges that could matter to the future of your business before going to court. And how do you do it? Do you do negotiation? Do you do mediation? All those good things. But let's talk about costs just briefly, Renee. You say the median cost of a trademark opposition in 2015 to its conclusion was 
dollars. Can you give us a couple other numbers that might get people to calm down a little bit, Renee? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and there's a chart that comes out every year, uh, the AIPLA report of the economic survey, and they look at the, the various costs from places around the country and, um, you know, size of law firms and things like that. But just as an example, trademark litigation for something that was at stake of less than a million dollars at risk was $325,000 to complete that litigation. Um, and that's, you know, if you do the math, I mean, that's Almost, you know, that's more than a quarter of what the the asset was that was at risk that you're putting into a litigation, and even mediation was running at fifty thousand dollars for for one of these um, trademark issues. And copyright litigation, the same scenario, you know, for something less than a million dollars at risk was two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and mediation was running, you know, forty thousand dollars. So. Um, it really is. It's funny because a lot of times, you know, when people come into my office, I, I will, you know, they're very upset and they're very, um, you know, high on, you know, I, I need to get some type of uh, retribution or, or my rights have been violated. But a lot of times you have to sit them down and say, too, well, first of all, what are your damages? Um, you know, are there really, is there really something actionable here? And, and, you know, in this, you know, not, I know we don't have a lot of time, but this all goes back into a term that I had just learned very recently called emotional intelligence. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, it's that awareness of, you know, identifying your emotions and those of others and harnessing them and figuring out what, um, what really makes the most sense here. And, you know, what, and I say to people, listen, have your little blow up, or, you know, give yourself that time to feel aggrieved, but then sit back and say, okay, let, let me look at the real, you know, the real problem or the real solution, whether there is, you know, something here that I want to take any further. Thank you. Very well put. And I think that's going to wrap up our topics. And ladies, I know you sent me a lot more, but I think I think we covered some really good ones. Uh, by the way, Nina, when you were talking about kin- kinsuji, 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 uh, mm-hmm. Kintsugi, it reminded me there's a gentleman named Barry McDonough who teaches uh, dealing with fear and panic and harnessing them. And his approach, like what you mentioned in that Japanese art of not disguising but accepting that there's a break in the pottery, he teaches to say to a panic attack, welcome, I challenge you, I'm here, come and punch me in the face. You come and do it and you will face it and you will acknowledge it and you will accept it and it's going to go away faster than you ever dreamed. And it's actually working for people. Interesting. especially in fear of flying. Just don't say, oh, my God, I'm going to say, okay, panic, and come on, I'm ready. I got my punching gloves on. I'm counting to 21, and I'm going to beat you, and it goes away, and it works. Trust me, I tried it. So anyway, <laughs> I can fly, I can fly. Nina Kaufman, I want you to give us our predictions. We've got about, oh, a little less than 60 seconds apiece before the end of the show. On our topic today, legal lessons for, let's just say entrepreneurs. We don't need to say women business owners anymore. It applies to everyone. Don't make a federal case out of it. Uh, let's say by 2020, what do you see will change in terms of emotional intelligence, as Renee said, of entrepreneurs in general, in terms of uh, court visits, in terms of understanding when to compare world peace with burnt toast? Thank you, Karen. So, Nina, I'm going to give you 45 seconds for your predictions. Go. Well, uh, what I'm seeing in terms of statistics is that about 40% of our workforce are going to be independent contractors by 2020. So I think there's a ripe opportunity if so many of those people are now their own small independent businesses uh, to really take advantage of some of the entrepreneurship classes that are out there so that they can give themselves a foundation and not be quite so rattled when it comes to 
hiccups and lemons that occur with various aspects of the entrepreneurial journey. Thank you very and, much. Yes, Always, and vodka sales yes. will increase. and ron white will have a lot more mileage on his tours okay nancy l schick yeah we got three minutes left michael thank you nancy i can give you 45 seconds for your predictions what do you see coming down the pike in terms of entrepreneurs and legal lessons well i I think um it's actually going to kind of come on the tail of some of the statistics for um businesses that are doing really well with women in their leadership. I think we're going to continue to see a more holistic approach to business because of that kind of yin and yang of the way that women and men have been socialized, now coming together in business and bringing the millennials in with their new perspectives on things. And I think it's going to be a very exciting time to be in business. I like that. Do you think more and more millennials are actually going to follow that promise of them becoming the new core of entrepreneurs and out-producing, out-earning the boomers? I read that recently in a big report. You agree with that, Nancy? I hope so. I don't know that I agree because I've been hearing the opposite, that the student loan debt and the low salaries for millennials is really going to make it difficult for them to succeed. So Maybe entrepreneurship will be the way they overcome it. Ah, well, that's an interesting approach. Thank you, Renee L. Duff Esquire. We'd love to have your predictions. I can give you about 30 seconds. Go ahead, Renee. <laughs> um, Sorry. I do think, and as I said, you know, seeing mediation in the, uh, the listing of costs for conflicts in intellectual property is a great thing. So I think that that's only going to change, um, you know, and more and more people are going to try and use that route to um, – to resolve their conflicts, and then it's interesting because there is some new legislation, um, a new sort of copyright court that has been introduced to really uh, try to establish this dispute resolution for copyright of, you know, small claims and things along those lines that people just don't have access to because, you know, the federal case makes it so expensive. Thank you very much. Nina Kaufman, Nancy Schick, Renee Duff, they all share the middle initial L. I'm trying to economize on time here. Thank you again for your input, for your spirit, for your congeniality, and for joining me. I know you all have very busy legal practices and other things you're doing for entrepreneurs and business owners. So thank you for joining us. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This has been another interesting episode of Coffee Break with Game Changer. Shout out to Michael at the Business Channel. And I think, oh, Renee and Nina and Nancy, uh, Uh, Let's talk about maybe part five, uh, maybe not this year, maybe in January. We'll kick off the year with a bang. So here's my call to action, and this is all I got. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, with a new episode live of Internet of Things with Game Changers, talking about telcos and XAIS. Instead of SAS, it's ZAS. We're going to be ZASSY. And we're also back with, let's see, uh, we have Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers advice for SMEs. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. We'll be right back.